Hey guys, you're listening to Winging It with Holly. In this podcast series, I'll be sharing the fun and interesting things I've learned about birds since I started really noticing them five years ago. I'm no expert though, so along the way I'll be picking the brains of my knowledgeable birdie friends, the human ones that is, so we can learn and wing it together. You can see birds anywhere, in a city or the countryside, watching from a balcony or your local park. And I'm hoping these short episodes will help you notice and learn more about our feathered friends, especially if you have never taken the time to get to know them before. Gulls are fascinating birds, but they have a slightly bad rep here in Brighton and in many seaside towns for being loud and ballsy. So in this episode, I chat to my cousin Katie about why they behave the way they do and how we can learn to better understand them. The unmistakable sound of a gull uh, and also the seaside, wouldn't you say? Living by the sea. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, I am here down on Brighton Beach with my cousin Katie. You're back again. Back again. Happy to be back. Um, so, Katie just knows her stuff and uh, sh- um, yeah, today we're going to talk about gulls specifically uh, girls that we see down here um, and by the coast uh, but we're going to start off with a fact that is going to blow your minds now every time I meet someone new I'm like I got someone to tell you this is going to be so good you ready so um, did you know there is no such thing as a seagull okay guys you heard it here first <laughs> and, um, and look okay we both we both work in conservation, so from our perspective, it might be a slightly more pedantic view on <laughs> on uh, on things. Because, of course, you get gulls that live by the sea. So, yes, okay, there's no harm in grouping them into the term, the term of seagulls. But when people talk about seagulls, they are referring generally to a gull um, which is called a herring gull. Um, so we're going to focus largely on the herring gull today. Uh, but I think first I just wanted to ask you, Katie, about other types of gulls, uh, ones that we see down here. Um, so obviously there's like, <laughs> there's well, there's a black-headed gull, which very confusingly in the summer doesn't have a black head, or is it in the winter doesn't have a black head? So winter has actually like a black spot, almost where you think a bird's ear might be. Um, and it's it's not some, yeah, annoyingly, it's not so much black. It's actually like a chocolate brown. Um, so yeah, th- those kind of those kind of gulls are one of the smaller ones we get here in the UK. Um, and generally they're kind of not so much the house or building nesting type of bird. They're more seen on kind of common land, arable fields, um kind of inland lakes are really popular um yeah so so they're, they're kind of smaller uh, they're kind they've still got a kind of whitey gray look yeah. to their body but ultimately if you see a, a smaller gull but with a completely black head and it's in the summer you know that it's a black-headed gull if it's got a white head with a black spot on its face then it's a it's still a black-headed gull but it's in its winter plumage slightly confusing um okay we also get a great black backed 
skulls. I always trip over that term. <laughs> so they're kind of like bigger versions of uh, herring gulls, but obviously they've got like a darker back. Yeah, so the yeah the great black-backed gull is actually the second largest species of gull in the world behind the glaucus, which is an uh, arctic species. Um, so and they are freaking massive <laughs> they are so big um, they don't tend to come so here in Brighton um, they nest out in the marina so they'll nest on kind of more um, warehousey type areas um, unlike kind of houses um, but yeah they're the, definitely the biggest girl that we get here um, in Brighton um, and also the UK they they are ginormous they're they're so big and even their call is like it's really deep and it's really like oh my god what was that like a a big monstrous version of the the herring gull um and then you also get the lesser wait lesser black-backed gull okay confusing yeah yeah again so this yeah the lesser black back is uh well slightly smaller um and that actually is a good tip for remembering it has yellow legs so the way i remember it is lesser blacked back yellow l legs the greater black back gray legs so that's how i tell apart but love it yeah but also the lesser is a slightly kind of more slaty colored than the really rich black of a greater so there are slight differences i once did see a herring a lesser and a great black back on the same roof and it was like whoa that is an ideal picture like katie the fact that you were able to actually recognize that there are three types of gulls there is amazing um so i think let's go uh, there are other types of gulls that you can see but i um but i want to go straight in now to the herring gull so especially if you live in coastal towns if you live in brighton you'll definitely the the gull that we all know as a seagull is actually called a herring gull because I think, I assume it's supposed to eat heron as its main diet. Herring, sorry, not heron. That Did I say heron? <laughs> herring, uh, which is a fish. <laughs> um, so, so we all know what a herring gull looks like, but to uh, describe, we are talking about, it's got mainly a white body. Uh, it's got a kind of like a light light gray wings and then the tip of its back um back feathers are black with speckled like the wing tips are black with kind of little splodges of white um they've got i think they've got uh pink legs Mm -hmm. pink legs uh and yellow beaks with a sort of red blob on the end uh now they're they're young um which you'll recognize the sound of very well um are are kind of like a speckled mottled brown mottled brown um so they're the gulls they're they are herring gulls they're not seagulls guys yes (laughs) um right so i also i want (laughs) to talk to you today about they have a slightly bad rep around here especially i think in yeah in towns where you get uh herring gulls um so you told me earlier today that uh, a good way to describe their behavior is that they are loud, brave, and protective. Yeah. So um, I think, unfortunately, that's, yeah, given them a slightly bad rep. Um, as, a, so, as someone who, as you do, you work in wildlife inquiries, um, uh, what, kind of, <laughs> what kind of experiences have people had that you're aware of that are kind of... It, kind of explain these behaviors um 
but and why they might be doing that that's a really terrible worded question but i think you know what i mean so they're loud okay let's focus on the fact that they're loud yeah they are a very vocal bird so they live by well naturally obviously they live by the sea which can be loud it can be windy um and they've got to be able to communicate with each other whether that's chick to parent parent to parent they've got to be able to be heard so this call the calls that we they do um are yes they're very loud the 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 young have this really high-pitched begging call that they do which sounds like they're in distress but actually they're just hungry um and again very high-pitched so that it travels across water so they have to be loud because that's their habitat it's you know it's just that's just evolution that's nature but i mean obviously adapting to people has brought them into conflict so it basically when our streets were were a lot dirtier when a lot of um, our rubbish was just, you know, in the streets. Of course, gulls took advantage of this, like mammals do, like foxes, um, rats. You know, there are animals that will take advantage of our behaviour. So the gulls have learned that humans, you know, living alongside humans is beneficial to them. They have safe places to nest. They, they nest on flat roofs or, you know, even apex roofs, chimney, chimney kind of pots. Um, and to them that's perfect it's out of the way of any kind of mammals there's no ground mammals that can you know harm them so really the only threats to their young are falling off a roof or conflict with other adult girls a greater blackback will yes definitely predate a herring girl chick so so yeah it there is conflict all the time for them but it's much less so on a rooftop so we can't fault these birds for adapting to us because you know they were here first and they they've had to adapt to ours our lifestyle so we need to learn to adapt to theirs and it's kind of there is a clash because yes they're loud they sit on a rooftop (laughs) and they make themselves very much known um so that is definitely kind of one of one of the things that we get you know inquiries about um, and people you know are quite passionately hate these birds is because they're loud protective absolutely like they are such good parents they mate for life they're loyal they come back to the same site every year um and you know who can blame them really like people are protective over their young mammals are protective over the young you know exactly plants you know there is you know there's a innate kind of behavior there um so picking up on that so um i understand you get people <laughs> telling you calling in to say that they're being attacked by gulls in their garden because they're um they're swooping down on on people um and i mean it's a really simple explanation as to why they're doing that isn't yeah it? yeah and that is because they're worried that their chicks are at harm so unfortunately yes this can bring them into quite common conflict I myself have girls nesting on my roof and they have never caused an issue for myself in the garden in the street we have a whole street of girls nesting and I've never seen anyone get dive bombed you know it is unfortunately more kind of intense depending on the girl depending on the situation um, but yeah you know a lot of people when they're leaving their front doors you know they will get dive bombed and it can be scary of course they're big birds they're brave 
Um, they generally peck the highest point, which is your head. <laughs> so um, they, they're, yeah. Oh, we've got a good tip for that, haven't we? Go out with an umbrella. umbrella. Go out with your umbrella to protect yourself from the diving um, birds. But ultimately, the reason they're doing this is because, okay, so say they, um, a chick of theirs has fallen from the roof onto the ground and therefore it's in your garden, but they, you know, the chick can't get back up to the nest, obviously, because it can't fly yet. Of course, like any other protective parent, it's gonna, it doesn't want humans going near its chicks. Yeah. So it's gonna swoop down and try to stop that happening. And so I think when you look at it from that perspective, you're just like, how can you not have empathy for that bird? It's just trying to protect its young. Yeah. Uh, obviously it just kind of <laughs> might look aggressive, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're also brave in the sense that um, you know they've adapted to living with humans and all our rubbish and crap that we put all over the streets but also you know they're opportunistic so if you, you know people on brighton on brighton seafront i see people feeding gulls all the time okay so people literally offering their food out to gulls now how is a gull supposed to know the difference between someone uh, you know throwing food to them and then someone walking down the promenade with an ice cream with a juice <laughs> like a, a yummy flake pointing out of that cone you know of course that cone belongs to the gull because how could they supposed to tell the difference yeah absolutely it's you know we can't blame them for being smart and for being you know taking advantage of visitors like you know that's that's you know they're just being really smart they're and just animals they trying are. to survive yeah exactly they're trying to survive it's an to them it's an easy meal like you say and they're brave enough to take it from your hand and you know we've personally experienced that hell yeah <laughs> so you know it's yeah i mean there was a funny time actually when i was down so if you're ever in brighton don't eat by the pier just don't do it just take it to you know a nice garden gardens further maybe in the city just don't eat by the pier um and yeah walking along the pier and i saw a a guy lose his entire bag of donuts freshly warm no not dinky donuts dinky donuts and they he got dive bombed but they didn't take the donuts they just knocked them out of his hand but they were still in the bag and i was like oh no like so i picked them up because <laughs> he left them he was like oh no 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 but i picked them up and was like no get them and obviously, I didn't realise I'm now the target. So I'm now the target for these donuts. And I was like, oh, God. Like, oh, God. No, I was there. And there was a girl right above me. And I was like, oh, just don't do it, mate. Like, you're really giving yourself a bad rap. So I gave them back. And the guy was like, no, no. And I was like, no, take them. Put them in your pot, in your jacket, in the bag, still warm. Not one lost. And I was like, but that, that kind of few seconds where I was like, oh, my God. I'm now, I'm now the one. All eyes were on you and they were like all looking at you from... I could just feel their eyes like changing target. And then I was like, oh God. I mean, yeah, look, there's just, you're just going to be a bit more sensible about like not waving your food around and not being so, don't, you know. I mean, I was walking through pavilion gardens in Brighton and um, a third of my bagel was snatched out of my hand and it also it nipped it got yeah, it got so to my thumb as well but I, I mean obviously it's kind of scary because they literally just come out of freaking nowhere I swear I didn't see it coming um but I also just feel like okay fair enough you know you you other other people may have literally given their scraps to you before and they just can't tell the difference so I kind of I, I mean you know that's how I feel anyway um I've also you know experienced the you know being 
crapped on by a girl many times. It's kind of just what you have to deal with living down here. In fact, I've been crapped on three times in the space of two weeks before. Uh, you were uh, you were there. I remember we were sat on the beach and I, I had to really, we were with a group of people and somehow no one else noticed. And I really subtly was like, Katie, Katie, please just, can you just wipe this off my, my hair? Just really subtly. You did it. Five minutes later, I got crapped on again. For goodness <laughs> sakes. Um, all right, so another thing, this is one of my favorite stories of, you know, these uh, crazy girls out there. Um, you know that they steal babies and dogs, do Oh, yeah, I mean, they've got talons. They, they actually really don't have talons. Um, yeah, there's always yearly tabloids will go against nature and they will, um, they will, you know, give gulls laser vision or laser beams out of their eyes because they're so evil and they're so you know unnecessary why are they here and yeah every year it's some sort of child or pet that goes missing and i can guarantee these girls will not carry away a child they won't carry away a dog or a cat they yeah there's no way i mean let's also just describe the anatomy of a of a bird the feet yeah. they've got webbed feet webbed feet the tiniest like tiniest ends to their toes um probably similar to like a dog claw probably smaller um webbed feet guys they're seabirds they eat and you know they eat well yes a lot of human food here in brighton but you know they're they're fish eating birds so they're adapted to water they're not like an eagle they don't carry away live prey um you know some of the greater blackbacks on places like scoma or like skulk home out in you know pembrokeshire will yes take advantage of a small mammal but they're not gonna carry away a, a, a chihuahua a dog yeah. or a chihuahua or a baby just, honestly guys don't worry it's Come on. gonna happen <laughs> um so what it also might surprise some people to know it um, again, when you live in areas where there are goals, because you tend to see a lot of them, is that they're actually on the red list, which means they are seriously in decline, which is really, really worrying. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about like why they might be in decline? Sure. Um, uh, and what this kind of means ultimately? Yeah, I mean, the, the core, yes, that's the reason. It's still unknown. Um, various surveys are carried out of breeding gulls um in various places um but yeah they've actually been declining since 1969-1970 where they have suffered over 50 percent decline of herring gulls so a lot of people when when they call or inquire they're like there's hundreds of them there's you know and then when we say actually this bird is in serious decline it needs all the help we can give it they're like no no there's loads in my area and yeah there is there are hot spots for gulls, but they're actually, they're not doing well at all. And it's really, really sad because they are iconic to our coasts. They're, you know, they're part of our natural world and they deserve to be here. And we have a right to protect them and to give them the help we can. But, you know, it's various factors. It's overfishing, it's pollution, it's habitat loss. It's, you know, unfortunately, you know, some birds just don't make it past their first few years i mean it takes a few years even to get you know ready sexually matured it takes a long time for seabirds to do that you know so the first three four years of this bird's life it won't mate at all and that's you know for a species to really come back from decline that's a long time to wait and that's you know so 
yes there might be a lot of them in one city or you know there might seem like a whole bunch of them and they're overtaking the world but i assure you guys gulls need our help and we need to respect them and live alongside them and welcome them because you know they have a right to be here i mean i think that's really well put we need to have a bit more empathy for for them and you know their behaviors and the fact that they've adapted really well to living with humans but clearly humans have less tolerance for them just because they're a bit loud you know they're a bit loud and they're protective of their young and but um because they're brave and you know so i think i think i'm hoping (laughs) i'm hoping that people will have just a bit more like tolerance uh for them um i mean these birds can live to they're 20 years old which i think is incredible like you know not many birds and animals do do they um they mate they mate for life which is just the sweetest thing like there is a pair opposite me that have nested there last year raised three babies they were on their way and didn't you know weren't there during autumn and winter and they've started coming back the last few weeks and i see them from my living room where i work from home and it's just so nice because it's like they've re- reunited they're getting ready for the season and you know it's part of where i live you know thank you so much i really so i hope everyone yeah just has a little bit more of appreciation for herring gulls um (laughs) and yeah i hope that's something that you take away from this um and also the biggie there there's no such thing as a seagull (laughs) now okay you you just you're welcome. Go take that to all your parties and uh, blow people's minds with that information. Um, Katie, thank you so much. Your knowledge is very welcome. And yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Anything for our girls? Yeah. Or like the girls. Like the girls. <laughs> uh, until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you have any birdie questions you'd like me to explore in this podcast, you can get in touch via my Instagram at Winging It With Holly.